centurion, but what he saw, what he witnessed, the revelation that he made about who Jesus was as he saw Jesus die on the cross must have changed his life forever. It must have changed his story forever. Because like many gathered at the foot of the cross, those six hours that Friday afternoon changed his life. Like many of us here today in this church, that Roman centurion encountered the truth of the cross. That on the cross, the Son of God, Jesus, was crucified for you and for me. Someone once described what God did on the cross, Jesus dying for our sins, as like Everest jutting out of a desert. It's so obvious, you just can't ignore it. But as we all know, the story didn't end at the cross. It was dark, the kind of darkness I had never known before, the kind of darkness that creeps into your soul that smothers you. As he hung on the cross in agony, Jesus, the man who only weeks before had spoken words of love and forgiveness and freedom and healing into my life, spoke again. He spoke words of love and comfort and forgiveness, and then he died in the darkness. He died. I saw him laid out in that cold tomb on a stone shelf. Three days went by, days of anguish and anger, hopelessness, days full of fear and no rest. And then on the first day of the week, I find myself walking down the path, walking to the tomb. And in the early morning light, I see the place and something is wrong. But then the ground began to shake. I get disorientated. I'm trying to keep my balance. But I can see, I can see it's the stone, that huge stone that we had rolled across the entrance on Friday. It's been moved. My heart is beating so fast, but there's no time to focus because there are men there, men that we've never seen before, and I cling on to the other Mary who is with me, and then one of them calls out, there is nothing to fear. There is nothing to fear. I am petrified. But then he spoke. He spoke words that broke into our darkness. I know you are looking for Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. Come and see. And so we step tentatively forward, peering into the gloom. And it's as the man said, he is not here. Jesus is gone. And they're saying he's alive. What is going on? We look at each other, overcome, overwhelmed, expectant. And then he spoke in a voice of love and comfort, of majesty and power, he spoke, Mary, do not be afraid. Go and tell the others. And at that moment, the sun rose. 
It rose in glorious red and yellow and orange. It rose in my heart and it banished the darkness. It flooded my soul. This is Jesus. And he is not dead. He is alive. More alive and more real than I have ever seen him. And I wept. And I laughed. And then I danced. Because my Jesus is alive. So three days after Jesus died on the cross, he rose from the dead. Nothing could hold him, not even death. Jesus had the last laugh. He claimed the ultimate victory when he conquered death. The death and resurrection cannot leave us the same. It changes the story of people's lives. And the question to all of us is, has Jesus' death and resurrection transformed your story? The centurion at the foot of the cross, Mary Magdalene, were not left the same. They heard Jesus speak, they encountered him, and they were not left the same. Mary knew that dead men don't rise, and yet here was Jesus risen from the dead. And so she fell at Jesus' feet and she worshipped him. And then she ran back as we, as we heard and she told the disciples what she'd seen. Death is not the end. You can imagine what was going through her mind as she ran through the streets back to Jerusalem. You know, I can't believe it. Is it, it it's true. Jesus has come back to life. He is alive. But what does it mean? And maybe she remembered some of the words that she'd heard Jesus, is, Jesus speak as she'd hung out with, with him over the previous months. I am the resurrection and the life. And suddenly for Mary, it all begins to make sense because Jesus is risen. He is the resurrection and he brings resurrection too. Jesus conquered death. He had to. Otherwise, his whole life wouldn't have made sense. For the past 2,000 years, the death and resurrection of Jesus has changed the story of this world. Because Christianity is the religion of the empty tomb. Historians, lawyers, philosophers, theologians have debated and discussed the empty tomb. Was it a myth? Is it just a legend? Or was it indeed a miracle? But so many have come to the conclusion that on examination of the evidence, Jesus did rise from the dead. He had died on the cross. Nobody could have survived the flogging, the crucifixion that he had endured. And he was put in a tomb. And a couple of days later, people went to that tomb and they found that tomb was empty. And nobody produced a body. Jesus was seen by over 520 people over the next 40 days. It being an incredible hallucination if all those 500 people hallucinated at the same moment. And then there was the transformation of the disciples from a depressed and disillusioned band of followers after Jesus' death to an empowered, spirit-filled, eloquent band of radical, risk-taking believers who were determined to spread this news that Jesus had risen from the dead far and wide over the next few years, despite the horrendous persecution and suffering and death that they endured for it. 
The writer and scholar Michael Green puts it like this. The church, beginning from a handful of uneducated men and tax collectors, swept across the whole known world in the next 300 years. It is a perfectly amazing story of peaceful revolution that has no parallel in the history of the world. It came about because Christians were able to say to inquirers, Jesus did not only die for you, he is alive. You can meet him and discover for yourself the reality we're talking about. They did, and they joined the church, and the church, born from the Easter grave, spread everywhere. So the resurrection, the story of Jesus' resurrection, changed the story of the world. Has the resurrection of Jesus transformed your story? And the resurrection of Jesus is the absolute central part of the Christian faith. Take the resurrection out of Christianity and you're left with a Middle Eastern prophet, prophet who did some good moral te- teaching, perhaps did some miracles around the place and was crucified as a criminal along with thousands of other Jews crucified by the Romans in that time. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15. If Christ had not been raised... Your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. He basically says, if the resurrection of Jesus hadn't happened, then all of this is nonsense. If the resurrection hadn't happened, you and I are still in our sin. There is no forgiveness. There is no freedom. There is no hope. If the resurrection hadn't happened, the Christian faith is completely groundless, and we might as well leave here tonight and turn this lovely building into a nightclub. This day, this resurrection weekend cannot and should not leave us the same. It was the summer of 1987, and I was sat in a tent in a field in North Yorkshire, along with about 30 or so other teenagers. It was August. And it was cold in that tent in a way that only camping in a field in North Yorkshire or perhaps Scotland can be cold. And I was sat in this tent on a wooden chair. And I was sat listening, transfixed. I'd heard the story of Jesus' death and resurrection a number of times before. But that night when I heard it, it was different. This guy was speaking and he was pacing up and down at the tent. I can visualize it now as he was explaining the story of Jesus' death. And then he suddenly stopped and he flung his arms out, one to one side and then the other to the other, as he described Jesus' hands being nailed to that wooden cross. And he spoke about Jesus' death and suffering for me. And this truth spoke into my heart in a way that it hadn't done before. Jesus loved me, he said. And he wanted me to know life in him. And this guy said, you might have heard this before, if you had been the last person on earth, Jesus would still have gone to that cross for you. And that would have been amazing in itself, wouldn't it? Somebody dying for you. But then I heard the bit that made it all make sense. Because Jesus is God, he couldn't stay dead. Because Jesus is God, he couldn't stay dead. And because he couldn't stay dead, 
He had to be God. And suddenly it all made sense to me in a new way. Because Jesus is God, I could know that I am really forgiven because Jesus conquered death, that I was really free, and that there is a hope of heaven because Jesus conquered death. And that day, that message, this good news, stopped me in my tracks. And I knew in that moment that this story would change my story. And sat in that tent in Yorkshire in 1987, I redirected my life to Jesus. And as a result of that, my story changed. I'm not a Blue Peter presenter. I'm stood here in front of you lot. And do you know, I, I truly believe that living my life with the risen Jesus has made my story deeper, more interesting at times, more exciting at other times, more life-giving, more filled with love. But also, it's perhaps been more risky, more scary, more ridiculous, more painful than it would have been if I hadn't have encountered the risen Jesus in that tent, in that field in Yorkshire. And why is that? Because as Easter people, people who believe and live our lives for Jesus, we're people who have experienced Jesus redeem our story. Jesus redeems our past and our present and will redeem our future. Because all of us are sinners. But if we've turned to Christ, we are, it says in the Bible, we're new creations. We're redeemed from the slavery of sin. We've been bought back. And we've been raised to new life in Jesus. And we're filled with the Holy Spirit so that we can live a new life, a life of holiness and freedom and joy. But we're also waiting for the day when Christ returns. And so we're living in that funny betwixt and between place of living in this world which is broken and yet waiting for Christ's return. And don't we know that this world is broken? Only this week we have seen a, a, an incredibly tragic example of the brokenness of this world in Brussels. We've seen starkly the evil and the pain and the hate that surrounds us in this world and that's so evident in people's lives. But we do live as people who are redeemed and this world is redeemed too. There is a hope and there is a future because of the resurrection of Jesus. We live forgiven and redeemed lives where Jesus is writing a new story. And yet we're also battling with sin in our lives and in this world. But listen to these words of hope that Henri Nguyen says. Easter brings the awareness that God is present even if his presence is not directly noticed. Easter brings the good news that although things seem to get worse, the evil one has already been overcome. Through the cross and resurrection, Jesus has redeemed and transformed our world and can redeem and transform yours and my life. He has bought for you already forgiveness and hope and freedom from fear. And he's given you the promise of heaven. Jesus says, the one who believes in me even, will live even though they die. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And since I gave my life to Jesus, 
Life hasn't always been easy or a bed of roses, but I know that I'm living my story with Jesus. The well-known pianist Paderewski's concerts were sold out in New York for six weeks running. And there was a lady whose nine-year-old son was learning the piano, and she wanted to inspire her son to continue with his piano lessons. And so she took him to one of Paderewski's concerts. Shortly before the concert began, she looked up to the stage, and to her horror, she hadn't noticed that her son had slipped away and was heading towards the stage. And then he climbed up to the stage, went towards the piano, and there was this hushed, tense gasp from the audience as this guy, this little lad, um, opened up this incredible Steinway grand piano on the stage. The boy calmly sat down and in front of all these people began to play chopsticks. (laughs) As the ushers moved towards the stage, Paderewski himself came out from, from the curtain at the side, and he went across, and the usher, he, he told the ushers uh, to go away. And then as the audience watched, he came behind the little boy and just whispered these words in his ear, don't give up, keep on playing, you're doing great. And as the boy continued to play chopsticks, Paderewski put his arms around him and began to play a concerto based on the tune of chopsticks. Our best efforts at life without Jesus are a bit like that little boy's rendition of chopsticks. Have you ever asked Jesus, the crucified, risen Lord Jesus, into your life? Have you let him come into your life and transform your story with his love? with his forgiveness, his hope. Transform your story into a stunning concerto, which springs from the confidence we have in the God who loves us and declares his love and his forgiveness over us. Have you decided to let Jesus transform your story? Let's just pray.